We're back. Blazer Gang Podcast, lucky number seven, which is also the jersey number worn by our special guest with us here in the studios. I'm Dre Miller, the owner of Blazer Gang, and you can find me active on all Blazer Gang social media platforms. Sitting next to me is no other than Wanger Banger 300 on Twitter. Wang, how you been doing? I'm doing fantastic, man. Finals is over, and it's also coming up, and I'm just excited today to be here with the special guest we have. Nice. In the building, sitting right across from us is 11-year NBA vet, two-time NBA All-Star, an original, original Oregonian, Pac-10 Player of the Year, Oregon High School Player of the Year, Class 3A Oregon High School Basketball Champion at Grant High School, and Oregon Sports Hall of Famer, Terrell Brandon. Welcome to the BG Podcast, and thanks for joining us, TV. Man, it's all good. Thank you, man. Good Absolutely. to be here. Absolutely. Um, to enlighten our younger listeners, Terrell Brandon is a former NBA player that played with the Cavs from 91 to 97, was involved in a big trade that ended up sending Sean Kemp to Cleveland and Terrell Brandon to the Milwaukee Bucks. In 1999, you were involved in another big trade that sent you to Minnesota, sent Sam Cassell to Milwaukee, and Stephon Marbury to New Jersey. A lot of big names involved in a lot of uh, future Hall of Famers that you helped mentor during your time. So TB, how did your love for the game come about? It came about really from um, my pops. Um, we used to play Nerf basketball, you know, in the house. <laughs> so he used to dunk on me all the time, and, you know, so that's really kind of really developed. And, um, and then once I, I, I did that, I went to uh, Knott Street, which mm -hmm. is Matt Dishman Community Center here in Portland. Okay. Was they named Triple Threat at the time also? Um, we were um, um, Wagstaff. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Okay. And uh, so Savidia Simonton, the great, late great mm -hmm. Savidia Simonton, who's known as VD, uh, he was our coach. Nice. And uh, I, was, I was able to play for him from the first grade to the eighth grade. So he taught us what work ethic was. Nice. I mean, and then being in the community center was cool too. Yeah. Because we was playing bumper pool. And yep. we was on the trampoline, yep. and we were swimming. Yep. So we were doing other things other than basketball, which ended up coordinating and giving us coordination sure. for basketball, which we didn't even know at the time. And at Dishman, there's always good competition at Dishman. Absolutely. Doing a little bit of research also, I, uh, I came to find out that when you first started playing basketball, your parents and your coaches found out that you really had a, a, a talent in basketball. Mm -hmm. um, so they played you up. So you, you was the first, you was, uh, I think, when you was like in the third or fourth grade, you played, you always played higher. Mm -hmm. Is that correct? Yes, yes. Uh, um, when I was in second grade, I played for the fourth grade team. Okay. And then third grade, fifth grade team, all the way up. So once I got to the sixth grade, and I started playing for the eighth grade team, I played for the eighth grade team for three years. Mm. So by the time <laughs> I got to the eighth grade, I was like, my, 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 my basketball IQ was already right. up because I've been playing against guys who were better than me, right. more physical than me, this, you know, teaching me how the game. So by the time I got to the eighth grade, I felt like I was kind of almost mentally, not physically, but mentally dominating. I was always so small, so yeah. I couldn't physically do what, you know, Aaron Bell and all them guys could do. Right. But from a mental standpoint, I could dominate. Yeah. yeah. Would, would you say those, like, th that period specifically, the sixth through eighth grade, really just shaped your knowledge of the game. I know, yeah. you know, in high school and the older you get, you get this vast amount of um, learning from your mentors. But mm -hmm. during those specific times, you think that really got you into wanting to keep continuing basketball? Definitely. We would go, um, 
we would have um, nine o'clock in the morning on every Saturday, and Savidia Simonton would have us working out at sixth graders every Saturday at Matt Dishman Community Center, and we would run have to run around the park. I mean, around the um, the, the the block. We would have to do things, uh, different drills um, inside uh, of, of, of the of the gym. And, and for our anybody gym, that doesn't know, that gym gets real stuffy. It's, it's real. No it's, it, we, oh, we couldn't even have home games, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because you know the end line was so tight next Yo, to you know, next to the wall. But um, I mean, he 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 challenged us, mm-hmm. you know, and he he gave us our, our flavor and our our grit, and he let us know that no one's gonna give y'all nothing. Mm-hmm. We from Portland. Right. We got to go to Snohomish, Washington. We got to play against the refs. Yep. We got to play against the fans and the team. So that's a Portland thing, dude. That's a, oh, yeah. We've been underrated for years. Chip on the shoulder, <laughs> so, man. So, oh, there it is right there. Yeah. Got to have a chip on your shoulder. So can you here. say that, that that point in time actually built that chip on your shoulder and also that dog in you? Absolutely. And then being from Unthing Park, too, um, you know, playing on chain nets and, and, and the rain and all that, you know, it's a small park. That's the reason why we you know, migrated to Irving Park, because they really had more rims. Mm. That's the reason why we really right. went there. But coming from Unthink, it gave you that, that grit, that, you know, that toughness, you, you, that toughness yeah. you know what I'm saying, of, of, a, of a small community. Mm-hmm. And then that built me, and it made me who I, who, who I am. And I, I used to sit there, and it's, it's crazy, as a 10, 11-year-old kid, you should think about... Um, of the Smurfs and 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 you know yeah. what I'm saying all the things going on with you know what I'm saying with right. uh, you the know yeah you know with Bugs it, Bunny yeah. and all that right and I'm shooting on chain nets mm-hmm. and I'm going I want people to think about me years later but as a kid thinking about that yeah like why are you thinking like that yeah. as a kid mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying but that that was building something for me mm-hmm. all the way into you know as we get into it. High school, college, and yeah. all that. But you, you have to have a past to get to your future. You know Absolutely. what I'm saying? So those younger folks that are listening, just make sure you cue in on that. Definitely. Growing, growing up, did you have a favorite team? And, and if you had a favorite team, was there a team that you dreamed of getting drafted to? I was a Portland, Oregon fanatic. I snuck into the Memorial Coliseum with Johnny Davis, Lionel Hollins, um, you know what I'm saying, Bill Walton, you know, um, um, Larry Steele, Dave Torzik, you see what I'm saying, I know all them, Sidney Wicks, mm. I snuck into, I had a homeboy who was a ball boy, <laughs> and I snuck into the arena and stayed in the back all the way, because remember they had standing room only at the Monroe Coliseum when we was kids, <clears throat> you feel what I'm saying, and I would just sit up <clears throat> and I would dream, <clears throat> excuse me, about playing at the Memorial Coliseum. And we got the opportunity in the third grade to play at halftime at the Memorial Coliseum. So that was your first taste. And I was the only person who scored a point (laughs) on our team. You know what I'm saying? They had dead spots, you know, in the Memorial Coliseum, as you all remember. And years later, you know, as you rewind my career, I was the one who was going, I really want to play here. Mm-hmm. Not knowing I was going to play against Terry Porter or Clyde Dresden, not knowing that. Right. You know, but I was stuck on the 70s and Johnny Davis and, 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 and Sidney Wicks and all these guys. And then when we got Drazen Petrovich and Clyde and Billy Ray Bates yeah. and all these guys, you know what I'm saying? I said, I want to be a Blazer. Mm-hmm. So when I grew up, there was no other team that I wanted to be with other than being a Trailblazer. 
That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, <clears throat> you're you're part of a small group. I think Real GM said 21 of players from Portland that got drafted into the NBA, and out of those 21, 14 of them were after your time in the NBA. How were you able to rise above the odds in a small city? I have been an underdog my whole life being from here, but particularly when you're like a little dude. Mm-hmm. So it's like, okay, at, at Matt Dishman, you win the MVP, but okay, you win two state championships at Grant, but. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the list goes on. And then I was a Prop 48. <laughs> so when you're a Prop 48, you know, I'm like embarrassed. You're, in, 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 you're ineligible, right? You can't play, you can't practice, you can't travel. I'm an Oregon dude for real. So I let everybody down. I let my family down. I let my neighborhood down. I let my high school down. I let everybody from McMinnville and Salem. I mean, I really tried to carry that with me. So once I got to be able to play, I, I was like a Tasmanian devil right. <laughs> when I started at Oregon right. in my sophomore year. I'm like, you know, I'm like, I missed the SAT test by 10 points. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? You're supposed to get 700, and I got 690. Mm-hmm. Imagine how you feel going through that. You know what I'm saying? So Oregon gave me an opportunity. Point, did you think your career was over? Absolutely. Absolutely. Because you have to, Dre, you have to, um, either you have two options. Either you can sit out one year and prove yourself that you're not a dummy academically, mm-hmm. like I did, or you can go to a, a JUCO yeah. and do two years and get your AA and come back to the original college that you signed with, but you only have two, two years, years left. left yeah. I thought about it, and Odessa College called me in Texas and Southern Idaho. You know, they was like pretty one, two, three, you know. Mm-hmm. I said, if I can just prove that I'm not a punk, that I just, I messed up academically. Just, my, a, my, my GPA was fine at Grant, mm-hmm. but I was not re- academically responsible. Mm-hmm. I just be a, admitted. I should have just got to the ACT, SAT, and then got those classes and embraced it. Mm-hmm. I didn't do it. And still got a 690, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. you know, but I had to prove to everybody that, you know, I can, I can hang in there, but then the next year, I was able to come my sophomore year and just prolong my career and not feel like I was I was being a punk, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, right. yeah. And that was the hard part. Because right. you can't practice, remember? Mm-hmm. You can't travel. You can't be a part of the team. And you on a, a zero restriction. So for that year, how were you still being able to like stay in shape and keep your basketball? I got kicked out of intramural. <laughs> Have you ever heard anybody got kicked out of intramural? <laughs> 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 Let me tell y'all this real quick. Tell y'all some exclusive. Yeah. I had to submit a letter to the NCAA because I was on scholarship. Sure, that makes sense. And so once I faxed them and they faxed me back, it was Miles Brand who was at University of Oregon while I was there. He would become the NCAA president. They faxed me back and they gave me eligibility. So I said to the gentleman, I said, just put me on the sorriest team. Mm. I don't care, I'm just, I'm just gonna get a run. Right. So, long story short, I played five games, and I was like 60-something. I mean, I was going crazy. I mean, I was like, really like going, because I was just really embarrassed. So yeah. I was taking my frustrations out mm-hmm. on whoever was guarding me. Right. And they told me that um, Don Munson, who's my coach, 
he said, uh, I want to talk to you after the Arizona game. And it was playing um, Sean Elliott and, you mm, know, nice. uh, Kenny Lofton and all them. Yeah. And he said, uh, how in the heck do you get kicked out of intramurals? I says, who got kicked out of intramurals? <laughs> he said, you did. I said, for what? He said, because the, the uh, other player said it was unfair that you're playing. He said, you should be starting right now. Okay. Guess what I said to him? Now, as a 48-year-old man now, it sounds kind of arrogant. As an 18-year-old, it didn't. You know what I said to him? I said, I think I should be the captain of the team. <laughs> he said, you're not even eligible to play. <laughs> I said, but I broke down every play he had. I said, you run 10 this? I said, you run this right here? I said, you should put Frank Johnson at the two. He's not a point. I said, you got Mike Helms, who's really a backup. I messed up. So I was supposed to be the, I mean, you know, so I was always dissecting the game, y'all. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, yeah. That's good. Mm -hmm. uh, I actually reached out to a, a couple of people. I reached out to somebody that played on your uh, championship team uh, at Grant, uh, Terrell Bolton. And I reached out to him. I was like, man, come up with a funny story or something. You know what I'm saying? And he, could, he couldn't think of nothing, but mm -hmm. I reached out to him knowing that he was, uh, he's one of my partners, but knowing he also played on the championship Absolutely. team at Grand Wichita. Absolutely. And, uh, I, and, 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 and him and Walt, I had to call the press off. Like, James Demmer and I was at the, you know, the 221. Mm -hmm. So uh, TJ and Walt was at the beginning. JD and I was in the middle. Sean Hosey was in the back. Well, they used to steal the ball so much, and James and I would get bored, so I would call the press off. <laughs> they would both have eight steals apiece, you might as well and we'd be bored, too. man. Yeah. So, and they would hey, laugh like, right? yeah. So still, would be like, who called the press off? They'd go, TV, and he'd be like, I'm like, man, we got to get some action back here, man. That's gold. That's funny. Oh, man. Uh, it's going back to... Um, how you were, you were able to rise above. I did a little bit of research and found an occasion that I believe TB was able to rise above. Okay. Um, <clears throat> written in the Grant Magazine by Sarah Hamilton, she wrote an article called Taking Your Shot. Okay. In the article, she wrote about um, you having to rise above a leg deformity that kept you in braces for 22 hours a day until you were three. You went on to explain that I think that that, I think that, that taught me how to uh, be tough without even knowing it. Yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about that and how you were able to kind of... Wow, wow, you're uh, trying to get me emotional, man. <laughs> um, when I saw Forrest Gump movie, I cried. And people was like, why are you tripping? When he was going through, remember with oh, the braces? Yeah, braces yeah and the braces. That was me. And then he started, right. yeah. That was Terrell Brandon. Mm. And my sister, I had to wear them 22 hours a day. My sister would unhook them at night my sister Tracy, and I would say, you know, and I, I didn't have teeth, you know, as a kid, so I would say, Fracy, Fracy. I would say, Tracy, you know. <laughs> and I would say, off, off, off. And I would go, cling, cling. I would hit him. And she said, don't you say nothing. And she would unhook it for like about 30 minutes. And I would go, Phew. And I would fall asleep. And when I would fall asleep, she would hook it back up. So when I saw that, I mean, my feet was like, literally like this. Yeah. And in the 60s and 70s, they want you to break kids' feet to make them straight. Mm -hmm. For some odd reason, my parents said, I don't want to break my son's feet. I want him to grow naturally. 
And so they got a specialist, and God bless, they put these metal rods in, in these boots and made my legs like this. Wow. So when people think that I'm trying to walk cool, I crack up. They say, man, you got a cool walk? I be <laughs> laughing. But I'm pitch-a-toe, bow-legged, and knock-kneed. And I've had five surgeries on my legs. So I'm not trying to walk cool. I'm trying not to fall down. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because I, I, I mean, I've, I've had on swagger. You know, you. I got a metal rod in my leg. Yeah. I broke my tibia. I had three surgeries on my knee from an NBA. I broke my ankle. I had surgery. You know, and blah blah blah. You know, but that's the, the beginning. So that made me tough without even knowing. Right. To answer your question, I, I didn't even know I was. It was strengthening me mm -hmm. because every surgery I had. My family will tell you, I never called home and complained. I always took it in, and I rehab my, my, my last surgery I had, I rehab myself. Mm. I didn't even go to a physical therapist, because mm. I had done it so many times, right. it was nothing they could tell me. That's just crazy. <laughs> that, you know. Yeah. That's crazy as a three-year-old yeah. that that's building the toughness inside of you, and yeah. you not even know that. Not yeah. even knowing it. Yeah, crazy, mm -hmm. that's crazy. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> Speaking of small cities, you did a lot of giving back uh, for underprivileged youth by holding basketball camps. Myself was actually a part of that. I, uh, I went to a couple of them at Irvington Park. Thank uh, you. Great, you know, just Appreciate to be able to uh, get out there with uh, your other peers and, and be able to have an NBA player there, you know, and, and not just have a name attached to it, but have an NBA player actually be there and, and interact with the kids while we're actually in the camp. Thanks. You know, so that was definitely a blessing Thank for you, me. Thank you, brother. Thank you. Um, do you recall a seventh grader by the name of LeBron attending one of your camps? Yeah, um, it was Chris Dennis, who was an AAU coach, who ended up working for my agent, um, BDA, Bill Duffy, um, one of the great agents out right now. And um, make a long story short, um, at my clinic at Luke Easter Park in East Cleveland, Chris Dennis came to me and said, uh, TB, I'm gonna talk to you for a minute. He says, you see that young man over there? I said, yeah. He said uh, his name is LeBron James. So I was, you know, I was like, LeBron, I said, that's an interesting name. Yeah. I never heard a name like LeBron, you know, right. that's pretty interesting. I said, okay. He said, I said, wait a minute. I said, is that the kid who's on TV just as much as we are? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm in the league, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> you know? He was over there. He was already 5'11", six feet already. Jeez. I moved him up to a senior in one camp in four hours. Mm. Wow. He said that he's he been to... So you had a seventh grader playing with seniors. Seniors. Ooh. And was telling them what to do. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. I would be embarrassed. Chris Dennis said he went to 69 tournaments from the time all the way up until then. He won the MVP all 69 times. Dang. Jeez. It wasn't he was going for 50. It wasn't like he was going for 40. He was getting triple doubles. He was a magic. People want him to be an alpha dog. He's a magic. He loves to make people look good. Mm -hmm. And I saw that in the seventh grade. And I said, I moved him up. And he was going, cut, cut. <laughs> Telling seniors and juniors to cut. <laughs> so I went to my dad, Charlie Brandon. I said, dad, I said, this young man right here, I want you to watch him. So my dad's a OG for real. Mm -hmm. He's one of them dudes who'll sit up and go, all right, I'll watch him. Oh uh, yeah, I tried <laughs> to see what right? you mean, yeah. So after about two hours, I went to my dad in the bleachers. I said, Dad, I said, uh, what do you think about this young man, LeBron James? He said, 
Something wrong with that boy. <laughs> <laughs> and y'all know what that means. Yeah. <laughs> he ain't normal, man. That kid is not normal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I, I'm, I'm just blessed. Yeah, so I'm blessed that I can't take credit for it, of course. Yeah. But to see the development of LeBron early and to watch his interviews of how he, how proud he is of being from Akron. Mm-hmm. And I mean, he, he came from. Rough, represent, you know, yeah. Not having a dad, mom on drugs, and blah 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 blah. He kept blah. going through house and house. And I mean, yeah. And it's, it's all public news. Yep. We're watching this, you know, every day, and he's still keeping his his, his head up. So very it's, proud. Yeah. In the '99 and 2000 playoffs, you faced the Blazers in the first round. <laughs> Can you describe what it felt like to play against your hometown team? Man, it was like. It was indescribable. It didn't. Even, it, it was like a out of out of body experience. Did it bring you back to those memories when you actually snuck into the memorial? College? Every single bit. The but first we, two games were in Portland, and then the second two were right. In Minnesota. But yeah. it was at the Rose Garden. Yeah. But it was still that. I can't believe that I'm actually playing against my hometown in the playoffs. This yeah. is crazy, yeah. and I'm playing against my baby Damon. Who I helped yeah. raise. I'm playing against all these, these 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 guys. I got over half of the neighborhood in the stands. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And I get the opportunity to really showcase my talents in front of people yeah. who watch me from Walker to Williams Temple Church of God in Christ, Walker Temple Church of God in Christ. I mean, we are a community here in Portland. Mm-hmm. So it's it's it makes a you know it's small knit. It's, it's a small knit. So all the people who've been supporting me, they're all there. So it was like the, one of the first times that I really didn't care about winning and losing, I was just caught up in the people in the stands, and I just wanted to give them the best show that I can give them. Okay. So it became kind of selfish, not you know, not trying to be because I'm not really that type of person. Yeah, right. But it was just like a thank you, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. As, yeah. as a Blazer fan, I'm, I must admit that I really hated going up against. I really hated going up against you. And I, and I hate going up against any hometown kid because I feel like they always want to show out mm-hmm. in their hometown. Absolutely. You know, and the same with like Terrence Ross and, and, and T. Jones when they were here. It was just, it was tough going up against you guys just because I, as a Blazer, as a Blazer fan, I knew that you guys would try to show out for your Man, do you know team. how hard it is to sleep? Important, <laughs> <laughs> like man. Right? Playing the kids. <laughs> you know, I would go home. And check out my crib and run the water and try to act like I was doing everything. <laughs> but I went back to the Venice Plaza downtown because I want to keep that visitor mentality. Right. I'm on the road. I'm not here to see everybody in the NEP. I, I already live here anyway. Right. So I'm going to see everybody all summer anyway. Mm-hmm. I live here. Right. So I'll see y'all in a minute. Yeah. You know, I'm going to get my hair cut to the shop and then boom, 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 go see mama and them, <laughs> get fed. But I'm going back to, to, the, to, to the hotel. Mm-hmm. And just yeah. sit there and just see the, the, the Blazer fans, you know, uh, sitting outside autographs, you know, when we coming in and, 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 and seeing Grant stuff, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Not just, you know, uh, uh, Cavalier stuff or Minnesota stuff or Milwaukee stuff, but I'm seeing Grant High School and University of Oregon memorabilia. You know how that feel, man? Yeah. People call you homeboy, man. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? When the other players are going, and I'm going, mm-mm. 
I got to stop. <laughs> <laughs> I got responsibility. I'm going to be here for a couple hours. <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I live here. <laughs> In that playoff series, you actually did really good, too. You averaged 19.5 points per game, 8.5 uh, assists per, uh, per game, and 5.8 rebounds per game, shooting a 50-36-91%. Impressive. Thank you. <laughs> Can you describe what it is like playing with a young KG who hadn't reached his peak? KG was the mm. hardest, easiest player to play with. <laughs> sounds about right. <laughs> you know Just saying? from what I see on TV, sounds yeah. about right. I think he was 23 when you started yeah, playing he, with he him. He was young, yeah. and he, he, was, he was so good. You know, coming in college, they teach you, you know, I play with Brad Doherty. So the big man, wait, wait, wait. Wait, let me get to the block. Huh. Throw it to me. Right. KG well, KG is, right. he's posting up at the three-point line going to get me the ball. <laughs> so I'm trying to not to throw it to him. It's like face-to-face like, -face with him because you're already at the three-point line. Too, like. He's going, TB, TB, throw it. So we had odds right. when I first get to, to Minnesota. I'm like, I'm not taught that. He was so long that he can take one dribble and get into the lane. Yeah. Yeah. So I had to learn that, sorry TB, everything you was learning in college and all that, that's good, but this is a special type of young man. You have to adjust your game. Yeah. And so I adjust my game, tell him how to tie a tie, and <laughs> Kevin Brewer. <laughs> I told him to get out them Timberland boots. <laughs> and, he, and, and you know what, if you look at the Boston series, when he went to Boston, he was always wearing a suit. Mm. Yeah. You remember, he was always wearing a suit. I said, hey, man, when you get older, I said, Sam Mitchell and I schooled him. And that's why I got on Chauncey. And that's why Chauncey looking the way he is. I said, hey, man, get out them Timberland boots. I said, your feet and your hands are the most important things on an on NBA player. They get beat up. If you walk in with some Timberland boots, and then you take them off and put some tennis shoes on, and then you get out for that, and then you put Timberland boots back on. Right. Well, where's your where's where's your where's your toes getting any space? Where's your, yeah, 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 yeah. I said so. Get you some loafers. Get you some Crocs. Come in in a business form, so you so you can spread out, and then sweat and all that. Get yourself together, and then when you leave the arena, you're leaving as a grown man. Yeah. Leave with a almost a briefcase mentality. Right. Because right. you just pulling the show. People out here pay their money, man. You know, right. <laughs> yeah. Did you have a mentor during your early years, including college, that helped pave a pathway to your success? College, um, I would say my parents were my mentor in college. But as far as you talk about the game, yeah, I would say <clears throat> in college, I was kind of winging it, right? You know what I'm saying? Because of what I was going through. Mm -hmm. Anthony Taylor, um, he had hit me to what was going on because he was one of my hosts back in the day, the great Anthony Taylor. But once I got there, once I got to the pros, Larry Nance and Brad Doherty and Mark yeah, Price, yeah. yeah, Larry Nance Sr., they schooled me. They taught me the game. Nice. Yeah, I used to sit up and I used to hold Larry Nance Jr. like this. Mm. Yeah, we used to fish at Larry Nance Pond. He said, come here, son, it was him, rest in peace, uh, Hot Rod Williams, Craig Elo, Mark Price, we used to sit up, and, and Winston Bennett. And somehow they embraced me. Because you know, Coach Lenny Wilkins back in the day, rookie, move. You don't play, 
bring the donuts, <laughs> shut up, <laughs> and that's it. And somehow they embraced me. They liked me. And um, I used to sit up and just, just chill out. And, and there was my mentors and told me, don't stay, you know, stay out of trouble. Don't be out here, you know, doing crazy things. Don't be in the media doing no, no stupid stuff. You know what I'm saying? Don't be out here drinking and smoking and doing some crazy stuff. Stay in your craft. Stay in the gym. Keep balling. And your time will come. But you behind Mark Price, don't say a word. Be patient. See what I'm saying? I mm -hmm. mean, he's all league. He won three-point contest. Terrell, shut your butt up and be happy to you in this league. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh -huh. And they was teaching me that. Mm -hmm. uh, you were in Milwaukee when Damon Stoudemire was traded to Portland. Was there yeah. ever any time in your career that you wanted to play for your hometown Heck team? Heck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Every day. <laughs> if Damon wouldn't have came to Portland, I would have vetoed, I would have tried to get to Portland even more. But my thing was, because that was my baby, I love him to death, the only way I would have came to Portland is, would have been a trade. I would have not felt good getting traded for my boy Damon Stoudemire, from a personal standpoint. It just wouldn't have been good for me the rest of my life. Now, I wanted to play with him. Right. So I said, can we find out a way how we can play together? Because I think we can drive people crazy. See, I wanted Damon to come to Oregon and I thought he was going to Louisville, he ended up signing with Arizona. But if Damon would have signed with Oregon, I would have stayed. I wouldn't have went pro. Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. Damon, I would have drove some people crazy yeah. to pack 10. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, and, I would have loved it to see it as a Portland Trailblazer. Man, Trail me and Mighty Mouse together. Oh, oh man. Now, defensively, you know, if, if they put Mitch Richmond and bigger guys on this, yeah. Come give us help. Just, right. you know, come here, you yeah. know, double team. Yeah. But on the other hand, yeah. with that left, with, yeah. with Mighty Mouse? The game shoot. the game back in the day, you really <laughs> couldn't put two, two dominant point guards on the same team. Nope. But now, I mean, you see it all the time. Yeah. You got Dame, CJ. You Just know, like Peel, that. Wall. That's yeah. right. That's right. Harden, Paul. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's all about shooting Changing. now. Oh, yeah. the game has changed. changed. You had to be a grown man when we came in the league. Because, remember... It was marksmen shooting three-pointers, mm -hmm. you know? Chuck Person, Reggie Miller, Mark Price, you know what I'm saying? It was Larry Bird. It was individuals. But we wasn't shooting threes. We was going to the hole, <laughs> getting fouled, right. you know what I'm saying? And going to the line and no flavor fouls, mm -hmm. none of that There's stuff. No Suspensions, yeah. no. You get hammered. <laughs> close just line. Keep <laughs> Oakley's a close line like this. <laughs> <laughs> Referee just say, like, get up. <laughs> yeah, get up. Go to the line and shoot too. And that was it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so time has changed, man. Uh, while you were also in Milwaukee, you played under the assistant coach, Terry Stotts. Yeah. How was Terry as an assistant coach? Just like he is now. Mm. Just as knowledgeable as he don't. I mean, he was under George Carl, so he couldn't help it. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? But he was like a... Um, when you're a head coach, your assistant coaches are really the most important people on your team. Because sometimes you don't want to be a teacher's pet right. and go to the head coach. So your head assistant has to be a strong person. And Terry was that for us. We could go to him anytime and say, hey man, you know, I might not want to go to George about this, but you go to him for us. <laughs> Until we want to change some things. Yeah, right. Here's a note, man. Here's he, a note. You know what I'm saying? And he wouldn't go, yeah, all right, Terrell, or, all right, you know, Michael Curry, or, okay, Ray Allen, okay, you know, Glenn, you know, Glenn Robinson, okay. But he would go, 
This is what y'all been talking about? George, come here. And he would go to him mm. and speak for us. Nice. So that he, he, he was a, he, and he's a nice gentleman too, mm -hmm. which makes it easy to, to work with. He seems like he kind of has that policy with Damien and them now where, you know, it's kind of open door where they got a good relationship where he can kind of, they can speak to each other openly about things that are going on. It seemed like it is too. Yeah. And his demeanor, if you look at his demeanor on the sideline is real cool. Mm -hmm. So he don't make, um, even when something is going crazy, right. you know, yeah. you, look at the, you know, it, it, we all have a tendency to look at the coach and see how yeah, he's feeling right. and how he's looking. Like, what you think about this? Yeah. You know, you look it over at the coach like, oh man. man no, <laughs> no matter how frustrated Terry is, he'll put his hand in his pocket and yep. go. So that's that's encouraging. Yeah, yeah. you know what I'm saying. It's encouraging for CJ and Damon sure. and other players. Yeah. You were gone when Terry came back to Milwaukee as a head coach, but with this tenure here in Portland, how do you think he's grown from the Terry that you then knew? Um, it's just like my daddy said, uh, my dad's assistant pastor of a church. It's just like going from assistant pastor to a pastor, that one chair. Mm -hmm. Once you were assistant, you get this type of respect and all that. But once you become the head, it's all on you. So you had to manage everything. Even when you get in trouble, it's his fault. He was at home chilling out with his wife. <laughs> he had nothing to do with what you was doing. He didn't even know you was out. <laughs> he has to manage that. Right. Oh, and so he's yeah. been doing a great job. And luckily, the Blazers and the great Paul Allen, rest in peace, they was able to change the, the direction of the Blazers and able to get some and it wasn't like there was bad people. When they brought they in, just got in sometimes Roy, you just yeah. get into a situation. They started yeah. bringing in you know Brandon Roy, LaMarcus, right. Aldridge, and right. they changed it from the jailblazer era. And they didn't get into any trouble. Mm -hmm. Everything was just straight. They just balled. Mm -hmm. You know now, what I'm saying? I mean, we're one of the youngest teams in the NBA right now. And mm -hmm. They're still able to control these young, multi-millionaire, you know what I'm saying, basketball players that yeah. pretty much have the world at their yeah. hands. You know? I don't care what nobody say. You can be in Miami, where the nightlife is crazy, right. or in Portland, Oregon. You can get in trouble anywhere. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, we have the biggest, the largest strip club. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, that's, not, that's keep it one hundred. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You can get in trouble anywhere. Right. So, what Terry has done, I think that he has, and, and the Blazers have done, is just changed some things and got different gentlemen up in the franchise. But when Damien, Damien Litter came, he coming from the hood. He ain't coming from the suburbs. Oak Town, he coming yeah. from Oak Town, from Rizzio, yeah. right? But ain't he a nice guy? Yeah, his demeanor. I mean, man. he his haircut. I mean, he has it. He has it laid to me. When when GP Gary Payton called me, because I didn't know about Litter very much at Weaver State. Gary Payton called me. He said, "TB, I want you to watch my boy." Now, when a legend. A Hall of Fame like GP call, there is no, okay, I'll watch him and see what he say. Mm -hmm. There is no that because GP don't call no call me saying something like that. Right, right. He's like, man, he come to your hometown, man. Yeah. He's going to make y'all proud. <laughs> Period. Yeah. Yeah. So I, you know, we do, we, you know, you start so YouTubing you and, yeah, you know, because yeah. I mean, I heard of him, but I, I wasn't really watching them. I'm not going to meet, you know, like mm -hmm. I was. And I was just like, and he said, by the way, he remind me of you. Ooh, mm. I was thinking of that. Yeah. I so watching. I said, okay. Yeah. He said, but he has a better three than you. 
because I wasn't really a, a bomb yeah. three-pointer. Mm-hmm. You know, I was a, a occasional. Mm-hmm. I was a mid-range <laughs> dude, yeah, you know. Right. Yeah. He said, but he got that too. He said, and he shoot free throws. High. So I think that the Blazers have done a great job of getting great young men, and you don't hear nothing about them off the court. No. You only know? positives. Only positive. Yeah. They, they stay on TV doing positive the stuff. Mo- yeah, mm-hmm. Mama's positive. Boys. Yeah. Great. yeah. Love it. Lillard Love it. was just at the uh, game at Cleveland where I think uh, it was Oakland playing uh, – Cleveland and he passed out the new uh, Damian Lillard. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. To, the uh, new ones. Those are sick. The old, the whole Oakland team. No, they, 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 yeah. had, they haven't even been released yet, and he passed it out to the whole team just yesterday. They were are you serious? Yeah. yeah, that's dope, man. Yep. I mean, yeah. you know, he don't have to do that. He does a lot of good stuff here in the community. Oh, man. I love yeah. it, man. Very Reminds proud. me of like Clyde Drexler and, and, and Kevin Duckworth. You know, I mean, when I was younger, I went fishing with Kevin Duckworth. See what I'm so, saying? I mean, he was a big fishing type person. Absolutely. So, so was. Yeah, it's yep. bringing back that type of vibe here in Portland. Absolutely. Yeah, man, needed. let me tell y'all this real quick. When I was a kid, if y'all remember, y'all go back and look, research this. When we won the championship in 77, see, it was a uh, rally going up on Skidmore and all that in the hood, right? Bill Walton got up on the mic. Remember, I'm seven. Yeah. We just won a championship. We screaming and hollering. And guess what he says? What did he say? Man, uh, I don't know, man, but somebody stole my bike, man. And, <laughs> you know, and, and I just want my oh, bike back. I mean, we used to be like, but we used to see like Lloyd Neal and Johnny Davis and all them. Yeah. They used to like ride their bike around the neighborhood. Right. The Portland police used to pull kids over and give us blazer cards. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. 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 So, you know, it was, that's, that's what we grew up on. I remember when I was even when I was younger, man, just walking down MLK, you know, there'd be like a barber shop or something, and they handing out free tickets. Yeah, go to the game. Yeah, just like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So we need to get back to that. I know. <laughs> <laughs> we need to call the Blazers. And tell <laughs> That's just typical. Something Bill Walton would just say. But, I mean, he listens to his Pac-12 so commentating hey, right now. It's look, great. Man, looking up, man, you'll see it, man. He's like, somebody stole my bike. Man. You know, how Bill Walton is. Somebody stole my, my bike, bike, man. I just, I just want my bike back. <laughs> he could buy another bike, man. You know what I'm saying? Oh, he just won a championship. He rode his bike to his celebration. Isn't that true? Let's go yeah. for you. Yeah. All right. Uh, diving into a little bit about the Blazers this season. Mm-hmm. The Blazers started off the season strong, and aside from the uh, Phoenix blowout, have recently hit a slump. What do you think the Blazers need to do? Every team, when it comes to the trading deadline, got to make a decision. You know, not maybe the core, but that four, five, six, seven person on your team. Are they expendable or not? And if you're going to be content in the Western Conference of being the fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth seed, knowing that you're going to go against Golden State mm-hmm. or Houston, maybe, not, not Houston, but maybe not, not, not Houston. Not nuggets, now. maybe. No. <laughs> but the Nuggets, Nuggets, yeah. you know, yeah. they just got the injury, though. Yeah. Uh, Gary Harris has got Yeah, right? he's out for like three or four weeks. See, the, the, the injuries is key. Back, but. Yeah. It, it's it's going to take if we can get a super uh, another superstar somehow. I don't know why we can't. I mean, all the recess, uh, all the things, uh, the, the resources we have here in Portland, 
I don't know why we can't get develop a superstar here, other than Damon. Damon became one. Right. He worked his butt off to become one. Why do but you, we didn't know that. Why do you think it's so hard for Portland to attract free agents? I'm gonna tell you the truth. It's nightlife. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's dudes who are still caught up in going to the club or the rain or something trivial like that. So it's not the income tax that they try to say. I mean, if <laughs> I put it in my perspective, you know, it's for real. Right. I, I, you know, putting it in my perspective, like if I were to like sign with the team, I'd do the exact same thing. I'd be like, all right, where's the most, the highly densely populated area? Where's the place where I'm going to have the most fun and where are the girls at? While I'm still balling. Yeah. So. And then and the flip side is, you got a guy from, like me from Portland, mm -hmm. who going, so Damon told me y'all got the best airplane and the best food they ever seen in their life. <laughs> a chef on the airplane? Right. <laughs> I said, what? <laughs> I couldn't believe it. Right. He said, man, Paul Allen does everything for us. Yeah, they got the state of the art yeah. and the best training facility in yeah. the whole area. I thought, what, what, 12 and where, yep. where it is mm -hmm. out there? Yep. Lake Oswego? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And when we practice out there, I said, so why wouldn't potential fidgets, particularly who's with Nike or Adidas, mm -hmm. they should flock here to me? Right. Right. You right. know? But it's the nightlife. It's really a club. Right. It's really weather. They would rather go to Chicago in the snow. But look how big it is. <laughs> Lights, man. You know what I'm saying? Lights never turn off. Instead of just coming here and embracing and having a community. And man, we're the only pro sports we got in Portland. You know how large you could, man, if LeBron James came here, right. or even like, like Carmelo or something like that was came to PO. Speaking of Melo, um, I actually just got done watching an a, um, a interview you did with Comcast and you was. It was a while back ago, and you guys said that you know Dame needs another star right next to him. And he was like, CJ can kind of develop into that second role, which he kind of has in these last few years. He's mm -hmm. definitely that that second player, that def that second star that Portland needs. Mm -hmm. But they kind of need that third star right now, and and it's kind of that small forward position that we kind of need um, need most help on. What do you think of signing Melo, who can be traded as kind of released from Houston Rockets for a vet minimum for Portland? Melo had to change his mentality from Denver Melo, Syracuse Melo, high school Melo, mm -hmm. the Knicks Melo, to we all get older. His 15 a game can be way better than his 25 a game. Because he can shoot less and have a higher percentage coming off the bench because you're playing against players that are not as good as you right. on the second or third, you know, team. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But he, his mindset is, I haven't won a championship. Look who his friends are. Look who he's kicking it with on vacation. Him and Chris Banana Paul's boat. over here like this. They're drinking their wine and all that wine, and they kicked it over on Riviera's and and, yeah. and and Dwayne Wade got his, his what's his wife's name? Oh, um, D Gabrielle. Gabrielle. Yeah, I mean, they yeah, kicked yeah. it, man, yeah. with rings. Yeah. <laughs> and he's over here going. I ain't got one yet. Yeah. I mean, how can a player who's so good not be on the team right now? Carmelo Anthony is not on the team. 
I mean, are you serious? Like Des Bryant, <laughs> Colin Kaepernick. Yeah. I mean, you know, yeah. like for real. So all these players in the league is better than Carmelo Anthony. Every player in the league is better than Carmelo Anthony, mm. who had a down year, who was still averaging 15, 16 a game. Right. Mm -hmm. But you got a player who's healthy, yeah. who's making crazy money, averaging five. So do you think it's his mentality though? Yes. Like, if he dumbed it down a little bit and tried to be that vet person to help the younger guys and not want to still have that that number one role, do you think he will fit him on a team? Is has that been his problem? I think that's been his problem. It's just hard to have an alpha dog decrease their role, right? If you're not willing to do it, right? You know what I'm saying? And if he's just willing to do it, like just. Bro, say, man, you're not the player. You, you, it's, it's okay, though. You're a Hall of Famer. Don't trip. Your legacy is straight. Right. Now it's about winning. You know what I'm saying? So, like, do you really want to win or you still want to get your money? Right. And I'm telling you, you talking about this money. I'm talking about, you know, hoop-wise. Right. Yeah. You still want to get your money, you know? Because it's, it's players who will get their money and lose and look in the box score and go, but I had 20 something, so I'm cool. <laughs> <laughs> I'm good. I'm I can good, go to you know. Sleep. <laughs> yeah, we lost, but you know, yeah. I got mine. You know what I'm saying? And then the players go 20 and go, man, I should have had not the 20, but we lost. It's an yeah. L here. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's interesting where Carmelo's head is. You know? It's funny. Uh, I think it was there was a post game interview, or it was actually, uh, I think, preseason, something like. They were joking around with Carmelo, and they were like, oh, like, uh, so you're not going to start? And he's like, me? Uh -huh. start oh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> and starts laughing. All right, all right, next question. Uh -huh. like, oh, like, yeah, he's in Oklahoma, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you first come off the bench. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I ain't come off the bench. Yeah. He right. was in denial. Right. And if you're in denial as an athlete as you get older, man, all the time is going to kick your butt. Exactly. Man. You know? So as a as a resident and as a person born here in Portland, Oregon, and as a as a fan of the team, would you sign Melo as a as a vet for vet? Absolutely. In the heartbeat. Mm -hmm. Can't nobody on the team other than Damon and CJ shoot like him. But I'm talking about mid range jumpers. Right. right. He he would probably be the best mid range jumper they got right now. Right. Yeah. Give him the ball right to square, triple threat. He has a, one of the best triple threats I've ever seen in my life. The triple threat yeah. is either mm -hmm, pull up and shoot, and he pump fake, left, pivot right, pivot. I mean, he had he has that. Mm -hmm. But if you're asking him to make you and me better, and us better, then you know, scratch that off. Yeah, scratch that off. He's not LeBron. He's not Magic. He's not Isaiah. He's no. He's, he's, and he's not selfish. I'm not saying he's about himself, but he's a scorer. And when you're a scorer, you got to be, he have a, you know, he has a scorer's mentality. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So uh, do you think that uh, Dame will bring a championship to Portland? He need help. He needs help. Yeah. That's obvious. Because when you have monsters in and the Warriors. Mm -hmm. Yeah, monsters. I mean, Do you, you know, think that the Warriors are still stated, stated? I mean, they've been having their little issues this year with KD and Draymond, and Draymond and KD having the issues because Draymond feeling like KD isn't loyal to the team and going to stay to the team 
after this year. You know, KD still to himself, you know, he kind of ruined the NBA by going to the Warriors, you know, so he kind of has that feeling where he wants to go to his own team and kind of build his own team now. So with the with the, the NBA salary and with the things going on in Golden State, do you think that Golden State will still stay together after this year? Or is it the end of an error? And that could help the Trailblazers out. How old is uh, Durant? Durant? 28, yeah, I think he's 28. Yeah, so I don't know where he's going to go to be able to start over. But I'll tell you this. If a dude called me the B word, I'm not with you. Right. I'm not cool with you anymore for Straight the rest up. of my life. Straight up, yeah. You dig what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, I'm from the hood for real. We from the NDP. You don't call uh, no dude the B word and expect us to be cool afterwards. Right. You meant that. Yeah. And if you saw the highlights, he's telling cousins he's a B. Mm -hmm. He's a B. He been a B. Mm -hmm. So this is what you've been trying to say the whole time. But you was on the phone with him after y'all lost recruiting this B. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> How does that even work? I'm doing the math here. And just, yeah. It's and not adding B, up. And this B happened to win a couple of championships yeah. and MVPs. Right. I'm still going to be passing the ball to this B. He was a B what? when he won an MVP without you in Oklahoma. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I was, you know, and I know he, that, that Green is an alpha dog and mm -hmm. every team need a fool. You know, every team need a guy, the elevator don't go to the top floor. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> you need one, you know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, Dennis yeah, Rodman, yeah. I had Tyrone Hill. <laughs> you need somebody who's on the edge. Yeah. But that edge, it's a fine line because it can become irritating after a while. You can only be cool for a couple years. And then you become an a-hole. And now it's management becomes, hey, Steph, is it worth keeping green? Cause we gonna keep you. You ain't going nowhere. Mm -hmm. They trying their best to keep Clay. Mm -hmm. Clay on the fence. Right. Clay over there chilling. He over there having career highs. Yeah. He's like, man, I ain't, I ain't care about none of y'all. Right. Only time y'all hear from me is when I'm in China or yeah. Korea in the summertime. Yeah. yeah. You, you know, making in that the money, season, man. He don't say a word. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He don't say a word. No. You only hear about him in the summer. Right. So he's chilling. They got if they don't keep that thing together. They're going to be like unsung, mm. you know, when groups are together and they got something great. Yeah. And then they, years later they go, man, I wish I would have. Like Shaq and Kobe mm. going. Yeah. yeah. I mean, don't spoil it. Right. You know, because you got guys like me who wish I had a ring, who wish I could have went to a ch one championship. Right. And I went to the Eastern Conference Finals my first year, and I was like Dan Marino. I thought I was going to go every year after that. And in my career, I never went to another Eastern Conference Finals or a Conference Finals in my career. Oh. So you got to appreciate that. Right. You know what I'm saying? So do yeah. you think his ego is getting in the way over there? Yeah, of course. Man, ego, ego will kill you or ego will make you. You know what I'm saying? If you got the correct people around you that can manage your egos, then you straight. Like Magic had. I mean, look, imagine what Magic went through. Kareem. Jamal Wilkes, Norm Nixon, Bob McAdoo, Michael Thompson. I mean, James Worthy, <laughs> Michael Cooper. Yeah. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, the list goes on and on, and he had to manage all these and go. That takes takes talent and it takes patience, man. So, Damian, Damian gonna have to he gotta get some help, man. Yeah.
I wish we can get like a Cousins maybe. Mm-hmm. Just another, another alpha dog, somebody that's hard. You know, somebody who somebody can has a little bit roll. of attitude. Yeah, I mean, he, he needs that. You know, yeah. Yeah, yeah we too soft. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't like big men shooting too many jumpers, man. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, Leonard, yeah. get in here, man. I, I, you said and, that. And, you said that yeah. in the Comcast interview too. Yeah. You talking about Myers Litter. Yeah, man. That he needed to toughen up a little bit. He's taking a little bit too many. Threes. He wasn't shooting that mean threes in college. Right. What made you all of a sudden just start coming to the league and go, okay, mm-hmm. I have to open up my game. Yeah. And you know, coaches be saying, you know, shoot threes, man. Come on, get inside, man. And, Right, because that's nobody's doing big, it anymore. That's one big thing, though, that, that has changed since you've played basketball is mm-hmm. is the big man position. Like, yeah. That's kind of becoming extinct now, mm-hmm. where it's becoming. A, it's more like um, transforming, like it's a hybrid. Yeah, yeah. it's a hybrid. Yeah. Every know. team had a big man back in the day. Yeah, you had to have a big a man. A pounder. You had a pounder. Yep. Yeah. Now it's like the guys don't want to pound. They want to spread the floor out and they want to shoot the jumpers. Where you have. The uh, what Mark Gasol shooting three pointers, yeah, absolutely. You know the Nurkic's shooting three pointers, and you got yeah. Anthony Davis. You know what I'm saying shooting three pointers. Carl Anthony Towns. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. You got all of them Good shooting one. three pointers. Absolutely. Now, you know. So y'all remember when they moved the three point line in in '95? Mm-hmm. I was born in '94, so okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna yep, use the real quick. They changed the rules. Mm-hmm. So I grew up in a handshaking rule. You can grab yeah. a deuce. Yep. A waste and just like Derek Harper, he just tell you where to go. Right. They changed the rules and said, Mm-mm. "Hands off, hands yeah, off, hands, yeah. big man, forearm." Mm-hmm. They put the three point line in, right? Mm-hmm. They put the zone defense in, and then big man like Lonzo Mourning, Charlotte, all them. They start shooting jumpers because it's only nineteen nine. They start shooting jumpers, right? They thought that was going to increase the game. As far as numbers, like it is now, 150 points, yeah. stuff like that. Yeah, it was less, right? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. It was worse. Yeah. Percentages went down. Yeah. So now you got Patrick Ewing trying to shoot a three. When we know you're supposed to be down there, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Right. Get back down there. Get back down there. So every big man, every every team has a big man. Yeah. Yeah. Get down low. <laughs> Are there any players that you really got up for to play against? Like that really motivated. Yeah, I'm going up against Jordan tonight, or I'm going up against Drexler tonight. Yeah. When you play against Jordan, yeah, that's God. So he was like on a different thing. That was like um, I was in Cleveland, and everybody who I knew wanted the ticket. You know what I'm saying? It was like, hey, what's up, TB? How you doing, man? Oh, nothing. Uh, yeah, just uh, going to see what you're doing, man. See what's going on. Oh, that's cool, man. So, man, uh, I think y'all play Chicago, man. In a minute, man, y'all get a ticket. <laughs> like, oh, okay, this is why you call it. Uh, it's a more to the story, you yeah, know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's cool. Man, Michael was on a different planet, man. Mm-hmm. When I first played against Michael, I was so excited. And he gave Cleveland the fits. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Even before I got there, he hit this shot on Craig Elo with the pump. You know what I'm saying? That was in 89. I was in college. So he had been giving Cleveland fits because mm-hmm. they booed him so hard. Mm-hmm. So he had some a schedule on Cleveland. Right. We played Cleveland, and we played Chicago and Cleveland my first time. And it's the first time in warm-ups I ever didn't warm up all the way. Mm-hmm. I was looking forward to seeing Michael Jordan run out. Oh. You know what yeah. I'm saying? And they came up with that, you know, that big maroon, that dark, 
Chicago, <laughs> 91. You know what I'm saying? When they yeah. was coming out like, the crowd, we didn't we we call it Sam, uh, 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 it wasn't a gun at the time. Mm -hmm. Or oh, they called the Q now. But we was at the original Richfield Coliseum in Cleveland, right? right. Y'all, I'm telling y'all, Jordan didn't come out. Mm. Everybody ran out, and Jordan stayed in the stand. He stayed in the back for about four or five minutes. He ran out by himself. Mm. All you saw was click, click, click. It was like, he like the playoff. It was like, pa pow, pa pow, pa pow. People just taking pictures. Yeah. You know, before That's this, all you see before cell flash. phones and yeah. all that. So people got cameras. Right. So you're going, pa pow. Yeah. And he comes out, and he is just sweating. Mm. So he was in the back probably doing push-ups <laughs> and, and sit-ups and what all that on the Stairmaster and all that. I'm like, how's he sweating already? And he was just, but he was already putting on the show. He, was, he already knew where the cameras was. Mm -hmm. He already knew he was immaculate like Deion Sanders. You know how he used to get yeah, prepared? Yeah. He was immaculate. He always made sure that he, he kept everything clean. He was always, his hair was always shaved. Mm -hmm. And remember his interviews, he was always had a suit on. So he, he, he knew exactly what he was doing. So he was great. Clyde was great. He wasn't at, at MJ stage, but he, he was he was right there. But all the players, Isaiah, Larry, all the people that I played against, Gary, um, Isaiah, all them guys, I was not scared, but so excited and nervous that at night I just couldn't I couldn't sleep. And you, you got to eat. Yeah. I mean, all up in here, man. Yeah. It's like, these are heroes. These are people who I used to look in the street and Smiths and yeah. have posters on my wall. The ones you looked up to. You know, yeah. with Clyde had the kangaroos, you know, on, with, the, with, the, with, the, with, the, with the space hat. Yeah. Remember who came up with the yeah. kangaroos back in the yeah. day? And now I'm playing against them. Now he's actually saying, how you doing, Rook? I'm like, <laughs> me? <laughs> like you know me? <laughs> like Jerome Kersey, like for real? Right. Like man, I see you get your hair, your Jerry curl right there <laughs> on Fridays. You know what I'm saying? Get your Jerry curl done, and now you saying hi to me? Yeah. I couldn't believe it, man. And, and actually, I, I am playing 17 years, and I still can't believe to this day I was in the NBA. I still can't believe it. Are there any players uh, nowadays that you like watching? I like watching um, Damian Lillard. That's my that's probably my favorite player. Not just because I'm a Portland dude. I'm talking about just from a, a point guard position. Like who would kind of remind me of some of the things Styles, that I used to do? Style right, yeah. of play and right. calmness and and you know he he's just so he just like know the game <laughs> you know what yeah. i'm saying he like he like he studied the game and he he studies the city and figuring out what's going on and have all these people here involved something similar that i would do his composure is just out of sight and he's not scared no matter what time of, of game it is you know what i'm saying he's not scared right you know that's, that's why he does this right here right crunch time <laughs> he yeah. wants that. Yeah. And what I like about him is it was different than a lot of players in the league. He can hit two or three shots in a row. I get tired of players hit one shot and now they want to be on Sports Center or, or, or Fox. <laughs> like, can you hit two jumpers in a row? Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you're working your jumper so much, man. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> hit two jumpers in a row, like Durant. 
Mm. Like Curry. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And that's what Damon Litter, I think, gives to the league, man. He has a whole a, a total package to me. Yeah. And uh, so would you say that Damian Stoudemire actually is out of the point guards in the league right now, most mirrors your uh your your type of game. Miller? Yeah. Yeah, I would say so. He 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 would be Yeah, he would be definitely be the player who I would say. Cause Dennis Scott called me, cause he's on NBA TV, and he came here to do some things with Portland, and we sat the house and talked, and I think he said it on NBA TV, but he said, "Man, Damon Litter is a player who reminds me of you." And I was like, "I said what?" <laughs> well, that's, that's yeah. Nice. What's up? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, at this time, we're gonna go into some social media questions from some fans. Sweet. Um. Jaco82 on Facebook said that you should try to buy the Blazers. <laughs> <laughs> What's his name? His name is Jake Lang. Man, uh, tell Jake Lang thank you, man, but I don't have nowhere close <laughs> to the money that Mr. Paul Allen have. If I did, trust me, <laughs> I would call my accountant <laughs> and get on that. But thank you, brother. <laughs> I mean, that'd, be, that'd, be awesome, that'd be an awesome story for Terrell Brandon to have played in the NBA, be from Portland, Oregon, and, and invest into the team. Oh, that would you know? be yeah. straight awesome, man. Blazer game would definitely get behind oh, that. Oh, man. man. <laughs> you think I with that man please <laughs> thank you brother <laughs> yeah there you go <laughs> um what is your thought on uh this still jake what is your thought on uh paul allen and the current state of the team and the talent um well first of all you know rest in peace to mr paul allen i mean he was a definitely a gentleman i was able to meet him numerous times and he embraced me i didn't even pay for the blazers and he made sure that my tickets was cool every every time i came to portland I mean, he reached out to me, so I was like, I mean, what can I say you know, bad about you know, Mr. Allen? Um, who, 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 and this is a question because I don't know, who currently owns the Blazers now? I think it's Lev Levy, who is actually the company that was owned by Paul Allen. Okay. Because I know his wife doesn't want nothing to do with it. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. And they're, I think they're looking for suitors right now, which they have a few people in mind. Mm -hmm. But TB, let's go back to this. You know what I'm saying? If you was willing to invest of it, invest into the Blazers. This is the best time. 100%. Well, thank you, man. I appreciate it, man. And I'm sure we can start something where we can get some monetary value from some some fans to be able to pitch it. You know what? We have some some real good fans here at U.S. Bank and Bank of America. Y'all come holler at us, man. TB will be that person to sign on the dot. Absolutely. Get some people to help invest. Absolutely, sign me up. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's see, we got some more fan questions. Okay. We got uh, Let It Be, five hundred three. All right. What game does he consider his best game, and who was the hardest player for him to guard? Um, I would say Allen Iverson was probably most difficult to guard. Is that because of his handles? His handles, his quickness, his basketball IQ. And then, because of the hand-checking rule, we had to guess. Mm. So when you guess, yeah. you're going to guess wrong majority of the time because <laughs> he's crossing you up. You're going to like fool. I'm on YouTube right now yeah. getting crossed up. My son showed me. I cracked <laughs> oh, up. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> I crossed everybody AI. He crossed me up. They called traveling. Mm. But people don't uh, no, don't care about the traveling right, part. Right, 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 <laughs> he right. crossed TV. As soon as you got crossed, the oh, whole he, was probably he, still like, ooh. He shook me. He, I mean, I had yeah. to, I had to back up and and guess. 
So he was probably the the the, the most one of the most difficult uh, mm -hmm. I ever play uh, play against. And then as far as the game, I get out one. We played against the Knicks in '96. Madison Square Garden, and we beat the Knicks, and I went for 30, Ooh. okay? Now, it wasn't the 30 that I felt like this was my best game, because I had been you know, to 30 before. But I held Charlie Ward and Chris Childs to zero points. Wow. So not only did you put up 30, but you also held your de defender or your offensive person scoreless. I played 48 minutes that night, and I held them both scoreless. Wow. So I think, to me, that's my best game I ever had in the yeah, NBA career. That's big. And that's big on the defensive side. And, and I think a lot, of, a lot of young basketball players need to take that into consideration because defense has became a thing of the past where defense isn't really uh, something that people will like hone in on anymore. It's more so mm -hmm. try to outscore the opponent. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. Absolutely. And we was more on team defense too mm -hmm. because individual defense sometimes yeah. um, when the head checking rule was off, it's hard, yeah. so you, uh, you need help. Right. But when the hand checking rule, you can, I mean, literally just yeah. <laughs> get over here. Yeah. 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 yeah, come on. Yeah, yeah. so be able to, to hold both of them when the hand checking rule was all, I felt pretty good about that. Nice. Yeah. Um, how many shots did they attempt? Or like, do you know uh, if you were just all up in their face or were they taking shots? No, they were taking shots. Yeah. I remember that, definitely, yeah. especially Chris Childs. Cause Charles come off the bench. He's he, 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 he coming for pull out the friends though. You know what I'm saying? Charlie Ward was more of a uh, you know distributor. Yeah. You know he'd take occasional shots. But Chris Charles come off the bench and he was he was he was firing trying to get me. Mm. And um, I was just contesting every shot. And it wasn't like I was playing the greatest defense. I can't take like I wasn't a Joe Dum Joe Dumars. Mm -hmm. But I was just contesting every shot. You know, and he just you know they happened to miss and. Thank God we won the game. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I consider that one of my best. Westside Writer on Facebook mm -hmm. wants, uh, wants you to tell us about the, uh, the gifts that you would leave inside of the Enterprise rental cars. The gift? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you would always leave a gift inside of the Enterprise rental cars. Um, it depends on who it was. Mm. Okay. Um, you know, I have a limousine service, mm -hmm. and so it depends on who rents out my, my limousine is what type of gift I would leave. Mm -hmm. okay. And so um, if, let's say if you rent out for four hours and you would have a significant other or a wife or whatever, I, I always try to read what's going on in the back of me, not just drive. Mm -hmm. I like to read what's going on, the, the vibe. And then if you with your girl you with something, I would go somewhere and grab some roses or something, and maybe right. you forgot, mm. but I didn't forget. <laughs> yeah, take this chocolate, man, give it to your girl, yeah. man, and go about your business, you know what I'm saying? Or if you didn't have, you know, like a, a bottle of wine or red wine, whatever, and you need a little something, here you go, I didn't forget, you That's know? That's awesome. So I try to do things like that. That's yeah. so cool. That's nice. Yeah. I appreciate that question. That yeah, was cool. for sure. That was real cool. Um, so... Also doing some research, found out that you were once labeled um, the best point guard in your time by Sports Illustrated, an Illustrated edition. Mm -hmm. um, I'm going to say this one. They call me Lunge for short uh, on Facebook, said, never considered the best point guard outside of his family and teammates. So, you know, we had to, we had to respond. It said, 1997, Sports Illustrated issued uh, actually labeled him best point guard in the league. And then one of your um, alumni actually uh, 
John LaCrofka chimed in and was like, Google it, SI cover, uh, I still have it, definitely labeled him as the best point guard uh, in his time uh, in the NBA. So um, just something that a fan has said. Uh, Seuss.freak is his barbershop, is his barbershop hiring. <laughs> yes, we are. There <laughs> <laughs> we go. That's tight. Yes, he, yes, he yes. Tell I have a, I have, a, I have an opening ready. You got, got an open chair for you. I sure do. Uh, let's see. No, no. As long as you got your license now, <laughs> come holler at me. <laughs> let's see, we had a few more. Let's see what we got. Okay. Uh, which Portland player did he did he enjoy playing against the most? High school, obviously, right. Uh, which Portland player did he play like playing which, against? So when you came to play against the Trailblazers, okay, which okay. Trailblazer player did you? Uh, Clyde Terry Porter. Mm. Terry Porter. I always have great matches with Terry Porter. He taught me a lot um, when I came into the league. Um, he was strong. He was strong, and he was. I played against him. The first time I played against him was at Clark College when I was in high school. Yeah, it, him and um, um, Kevin Duckworth, Jerome Kersey. They used to practice there, right? They used to practice there at Clark College, yeah, and so I was that. able to get get some some experience when I was mm -hmm. in high school playing against those guys. But Terry Porter was a beast, man. Yeah. He was he was hard, man. Uh, Joshua Grabber, how has the game changed from the time uh, you were playing? Tell him, when you watch TV, when we played, the music always played when we was on defense. The surround sound, mm -hmm. they never played on offense. Yeah, right. That's right. I mean, that's the pump up, obviously, the offense. <laughs> that's a difference. That's quite yeah. different right there. Yeah. It's like it's all entertainment now. It's like yeah, it's right. almost like you want to like mute the TV for sure and watch the game. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. Uh, so that ends our fans' questions. Um, you've been such a pillar in the community for years, opening up a barbershop after you signed your NBA contract when you were 18 and doing basketball camps for the youth. Where can uh, people find your barbershop, and are you still doing your basketball camp? Um, no, I'm, uh, after 22 years, I said the basketball clinic should be enough. <laughs> I've done enough, you know, and I retired that. I did my last um, clinic. A couple years ago, I did an autistic camp. It was something that was on my heart, and I always wanted to do an autistic camp for autistic kids. Mm -hmm. And we did that at Grand High School, and uh, it was the best experience I ever had in my life. We did it on Thursdays and Saturdays for four months. And I learned so much about um, young men, young women who are autistic that it was, it was beautiful. So I don't do it anymore, but that was my last one. Um, and then, what, what, I'm sorry, what was uh, where can people find your barbershop? Oh, my, my barbershop is on 1330 Northeast Alberta Street, and we've been there 27 years. And uh, older than me, I'm trying to hold on. <laughs> 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 I, 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 when I first started, I said I'm going to do 10 years. I said I'm going to do 10 years, and then I'm going to give it up. And after 10 years, every year, December 31st, I go to my sister and say, "This is the year we're going to sell." <laughs> My you flip a coin, but every time it's head. <laughs> every single year, and she laughs. And the last 17 years, we haven't sold these yeah. men. <laughs> so we still hold no. Nice. Yeah. So do you accept walk-ins? 
Absolutely. And you have a chair available? I have a chair available. We open uh, Tuesday through Saturday, 10 o'clock a.m. to 6 o'clock p.m. Cool. Nice. And we take walk-ins or you can call and uh, get your, uh, you know, appointment. And uh, I have a beautiful, uh, my cousin Brandon, uh, Bernard Brandon is one of my, uh, my barbers. But I have a beautiful, beautiful new barber. Her name is Carrie. She's a beautiful barber. Nice. And uh, so this is the first time I've had a female barber okay. in, in, in TV, uh, wow. something I've been looking forward to for many years. Making and history, so you don't plan on closing anytime soon. <laughs> <laughs> can we, Watch out. <laughs> can we personally get cuts from you? I'm sorry? Can we get personally cuts from you? No. no. I, don't, <laughs> no. I don't think you want to get I've, I've never cut hair in my life. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah I've never cut hair, and I don't think you want to try me. So. <laughs> Might as well. I could be like, I got mine from TV. <laughs> Check it out. I, I know where I'm at. You better stay away from me. <laughs> uh, do you still have the uh, limousine service going on? Are you still, you still handing out gifts and chocolates and stuff? I do. I just did a gospel Christmas last night at the Arlene Snitzer. Um, my it was niece, a beautiful, beautiful. Yes, as she was there, and, and my niece was, was singing, and you was there as mm -hmm. well. So, um, actually, as we, I'm leaving here, I have to get myself together because I have another uh, show tonight. And I have to go back down to the Arlington Snitzer and drive my limousine tonight. So, there you go. Where, where can people get a hold of you if they're looking for a limousine service? Yes, you can go to, uh, to, to my barbershop, 503-460-0348. And it's right my, my barbershop on 1330 again, Northeast Alberta Street. And uh, we try to give you a fair price, and we go by hourly rates. And uh, we try to keep it as clean as possible and try to do as much as we can. And is TB the driver? I drive 98% of the time. Oh, okay. wow. 98% you know, okay. of the time, I'm, I'm the one who's driving. And I go wherever you want to go. I go to Bend, Oregon. I go to oh. the casinos. I've gone to wine vineyards. I've gone to weddings. I've done funerals. I've done mm -hmm. everything. Awesome. So there's nothing that's off limits with TB Enterprises. There you go. You hear it there. You need a limousine service. Terrell Brandon has a limousine service for you, and he drives too. Absolutely. Um, what other endeavors do you have uh, coming up in the future? You know, I was thinking about um, having a uh, drive-through dry cleaners. Mm. I've been thinking about that for a while, and I want to. Um, I think about the winter time, mm -hmm. and I know there's. I've seen some before, but I want to be able to make excess that particularly in the wintertime when it's raining, that we can treat it like a, a, a gas station, the ding, ding, yeah. and okay. we can run out and you put all your stuff in the, in the trunk and we'll grab all your stuff, get everything together, and then go on to work and here's your ticket and come uh, back tomorrow. Okay. Just yeah. psh, psh. Right. So I, I've been thinking about something similar to that. Mm. But I also have, let me throw this little plug in before I leave. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Um, at my barbershop, I also have, on the other side, I have a school going on now oh, for the wow. last year. It's called Multitudes of Mercies at TB's campus. Okay, that's what they call it. They have two, they have three locations: wow. Multitudes of Mercies, and it's from the first grade, I believe, to the sixth grade. Mm. And it's been wonderful for um, for 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 my, my business mm. to be able to see people come in and while they're getting their haircut, they're looking over and see 40, 50 kids over there, quiet, you know, disciplined learning you know the skills it's been a beautiful beautiful experience how can people learn more about the school i'm going to i'm sure they have the website multitudes of mercies.com or um, miss tam hopkins she's a, the, the, the the owner of it you can go to her um they're also at lutheran uh, church as well so they have uh, different locations that they're at 
but they're doing a wonderful job. They, I mean, they're 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 really class nice. class A. That's yeah. awesome. Yes. Uh, definitely want to thank you. Um, wrapping up. Definitely want to thank you for uh, coming in. Um, Absolutely. Would love to have you on again. Yeah. Uh, maybe, maybe midway through the season, end okay. of the season. I uh, actually heard on Comcast that you were planning on doing a podcast. Do you still plan on doing? Yes. A um, um, Jonathan Stevens and I, we are. You know, we was we both been going speedy. through so many. It's speedy, yes, yeah. you know, we've been going through so many you know, things in our personal life. My mom passed, and mm -hmm. you know, his, his 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 kid passed away. So we kind of put it down a little bit, but we're gonna re re pick it up a little bit. It's gonna be called a Welcome to the Compound. Okay, and it's gonna be a podcast at my shop. Nice. And of course, we're gonna definitely have you guys on. Yeah, you know, awesome. if, if you're yeah. available, absolutely. and so we're gonna pick that up. So hopefully, sometime in the near future. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. Well, thanks for joining us, yeah. TV man. Definitely appreciated having the conversation <laughs> with you. Um, just want to give a shout out to our partner, Killer Burger. Me and Wang definitely about to slide through. Grab us a Killer Burger real yes, quick sir. before we go watch this Timbers game. Yes, go Timbers in the Woo. championship right now. Uh, and going to uh, definitely catch up on that uh, Trailblazer game too this evening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, until next time, see you guys then. We got what you want. We got what you need. Come and light it up, up. Come and join the team. We got what you want. We got what you need. Come and light it up, up. Come and join the team. Blazer gang, blazer gang, blazer gang, blazer gang. We got what you want. We got what you need. Come and light it.